Yo, have you had your dose of pep today? No? Don't worry. I got you. Let's go. Yo, 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 pep squad, where you at? How y'all doing? It's so good to be back with you. For episode 12 of the Pep Talk Podcast, I am your host, Coach Jay, and the mission of this podcast is to cheer you on and coach you up. That's right, we want you to be the best possible person that you could be, so we are here every Monday for 12 weeks in a row now. How cool is that? Telling you how great you are, but also trying to help you to elevate in the way that you think, elevating your mindsets, elevating the way that you treat yourself and talk to yourself. Speaking of which, are you treating yourself like you're your own best friend? Huh? If not, you should be, right? Because you're pretty great. You're pretty fabulous. I remember uh, I used to start classes off. I would ask my classes, how are you doing? And they couldn't just say, oh, doing all right, doing it. They would have to say, fantabulous. So when I ask you, how you doing, you have to say, fantabulous. And I know that it's a made-up word, right? But sometimes we derive so much joy in just taking a moment to be silly. So, Pep Squad, how you doing right now? I'm just going to imagine that a whole bunch of y'all just said, Fantabulous. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, thank you all so much for all of your continued support on this journey, this experience uh, that we're on right now. And I just want to thank you all for continuing to leave your ratings and your reviews. I want to thank you all for subscribing and for sharing. I just want to thank you. I think you all are uh, amazing. That's why you all are a part of the Pep Squad. And I just think that what we're doing uh, is powerful and we're just going to keep rocking and we're going to keep rolling. All right. All right. Okay. So I'm going to run through just a series of a few examples. And I want you to think about which one of these most applies to you. Okay. And this is going to deal with the topic that we're dovetailing into for today's podcast. So here's number one. You have been working in a certain role for a couple of months, yet when people call you by your formal formal title, you feel like a fraud because you haven't mastered that position. Okay. Two, you've started your own business. However, you don't like to promote yourself because you don't have the same level of experience or expertise as others in your field, making you feel like a fraud. Number three. You've been nominated for an award, but you feel like an imposter at the recognition ceremony because you don't feel that your achievements are good enough to warrant the nomination. If you can identify with one or more of these scenarios, then you might be suffering from what scientists call imposter syndrome. Dum, dum, dum. It's a topic that we hear a lot, right? But I don't know that it's one that we fully understand what it is and the actual weight of it. So in today's episode, we are digging deep into imposter syndrome to help you get from feeling like a fraud to feeling like your fabulous self. 
We're talking about imposter syndrome on episode 12 of the Pep Talk podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jay, and you know what I'm about to say. Jam to the music and let's go. are back episode 12 of the pep talk podcast and today we are talking about imposter syndrome and how to move you from feeling like a fraud to feeling fabulous because let's face it you're pretty fabulous if i should say so myself but i remember uh when i started my photography business um or even when i had my t-shirt business I always had a really hard time uh, advertising on social media. Um, Like I would see all of my other friends advertising their, their businesses over and over again. But for me, I never felt like my work was good enough to put on social media. And I also thought that there were people who you know, we're doing a better job with their businesses than me. Um, And so because they were doing a better job, I didn't deserve to advertise and post about my, uh, my achievements or my businesses or to market my things. Like even when I wrote my book, um, and we were in the middle of a pandemic and all people had to do honestly was just read. (laughs) I mean, nobody was going anywhere. But when I go back and I look, my posts about my book were very, very few. Even though it was a momentous achievement for me, I didn't think that what I'd done was worthy of acclaim. And the more I started digging into this and speaking with people, I discovered that I myself, I struggle with imposter syndrome. Now, let's define this word. Okay, so it's the feeling of being a fraud, a fake or unworthy of success, despite evidence to the contrary. That means even when you've done something great, you don't feel like you've earned the celebration or the acclaim that comes with it. Now, some people may see that as humility, but I don't, uh, because I think that even when someone is humble, They still recognize when they've done something good or great and they can receive the celebration from it. But when someone has imposter syndrome, something in their mindset, something in the way that they feel about themselves causes them to feel like they haven't earned the acclaim. They haven't earned the achievement despite putting in the work. Now, originally, imposter syndrome was thought to only affect high achieving women, Uh, But since then, in more studies, it's been seen that roughly about 70% of the population will deal with feelings of imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. That's so crazy because even the person that you think is the most confident person in the room has likely at some point in their lives dealt with feeling like a fraud. So I want to ask you just, Five quick questions, uh, which psychiatrists and psychologists use to help diagnose imposter syndrome. This is just a few. Uh, it's not an exhaustive list. But here's number one. Do you agonize over even the smallest mistake or flaws in your work? Like, if you are typing something, 
and you make just a small error in punctuation, does that just completely throw you off your game? Number two, do you attribute your success or uh, your success to luck or outside factors? Like I know I used to do this a lot when someone would say, you know, a great job singing today, Justin. My immediate response would be to thank the accompanist um, or the acoustics in the room, uh, but never directly respond to the praise that I was receiving for something. Okay. Number three, are you sensitive to even constructive criticism? Mm. The constructive criticism that is designed to help you, not the pointed criticism that is trying to, to break you down. When you receive constructive criticism, does it immediately cause you to fall apart? Number four, do you feel like you will inevitably be found out as a phony? And number five, do you downplay your own expertise, even in areas where you were genuinely more skilled than others? Now, I'm going to have a completely transparent moment with you all, okay? I'm a mindset coach. Right. So I make it my business to read about mindsets, uh, to learn all that I can so that when I have clients, I can help them work through their own. But in the background, I'm also working through uh, my own as well. And often and I've really noticed this lately, um, I tend to downplay my expertise and say that it's not expertise. Right. So I shouldn't go into a clubhouse room and speak on stage, even though I do know what I'm talking about. Or I I shouldn't, you know, uh, pitch a talk for this corporation about confidence and such because I'm not an expert when in reality. I am. And I'm not saying that in um, in an arrogant way or overconfident way, I'm stating the facts that I'm a mindset coach. So I know about mindset, just like a dancer is an expert in dance or a singer is an expert in singing or a teacher is an expert in singing. Like we're not talking about the arrogance of it. We're talking about the fact. Do you downplay your own expertise? Even if you've been doing it for 10 years at that point, you're an expert. Do you downplay your own expertise? If so, then you might be dealing with imposter syndrome. Now, there are a lot of uh, reasons why someone could be dealing with this. I mean, we have family upbringing um, where, you know, children are compared maybe to a quote unquote perfect older sibling or that perfect older sibling happens to be a perfectionist who is afraid of making uh, even the smallest mistake for fear that it might topple them off of their perch. Or maybe that's even implied accidentally or sometimes intentionally from parents as a means of control. Uh, there are new work or school opportunities. Uh, entering into a new role can trigger imposter syndrome. Uh, Like, you know, for example, my daughter's going to be starting college soon. Uh, So at some point she may feel as though she doesn't belong or is not capable. I mean, all of us can identify with that, right? Or starting into a new job. Like we see everybody who's already been there and maybe we don't feel like we are up to par with everybody else. Uh, There is the, the pressure to achieve or the pressure to fit in. Or, you know, from a personality standpoint, Uh, A low self-efficacy. Efficacy is a word that means uh, your belief in yourself. So maybe you have a low belief in yourself or perfectionism. And I talked about that earlier or neuroticism. That's one of the 
uh, big five personality dimensions that often leads to higher levels of anxiety, insecurity, tension, and guilt. And then there's also social anxiety, which can also manifest itself in imposter syndrome. So when imposter syndrome is left unaddressed, I want to talk quickly about three things that can happen uh, that are are direct uh, or sometimes indirect offshoot of it. All right. So number one, it can have a negative consequence on your personal and or professional life. So, for example, it can lead to self-sabotage and a fear of taking risks or trying new things. So it may keep you from beneficial relationships, either professionally or romantically, which can limit your potential and prevent you from achieving your your goals. Um, It can also lead to burnout, to anxiety and depression as the weight of the constant self-doubt and negative self-talk take a toll on your mental health. So when you don't address your imposter syndrome, it kind of leaves you in a stuck state. You're afraid to move. You, you, you can't make the relationships that you need to move forward in your life. And now you're allowing your self-doubt and your negative self-talk. And we've talked a lot about this over the podcast, the course of this podcast. You're allowing that to win. And we've talked in several podcast episodes about how you can wire your brain to work for you. But when you don't address the imposter syndrome, then these are things that can happen. Number two, it can affect your relationship with others. So you begin to feel inadequate or unworthy, which leads you to mistrust people, which hinders your ability to connect on a beneficial level with others. It can also prevent you from seeking support. A lot of people, myself included, who have struggled with imposter syndrome are quiet about it, right? Um, They don't reach out and ask for the help that they need. And that's what therapists and other connections are there for to help. However, again, because that self-doubt and that negative self-talk is so prevalent, it's hard to reach out for the support that you may need. And number three is kind of just a recap of the other two. But when left unaddressed, um, imposter syndrome leads to severely increased amounts of frustration and shame and depression. Um, And you know, I mean, we all know people who deal with this on a regular basis. Depression is rampant in our world. And it feels like it's just come to the forefront post-COVID. But I know that it was a big deal even before before COVID. It was just maybe not looked at with the same fine-toothed comb. But however... I mean, if you think about the fact that uh, imposter syndrome is feeling like a fake or a fraud, there is nothing good about that for your feelings about yourself uh, and the way that you think about yourself. Uh, And that shame, you know, that frustration, not wanting that to come to light, uh, trying to find a way to appear competent, even when deep inside you feel like you aren't, uh, it's hard. It's hard. And remember, again, I said that 70% of people will deal with imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. So this is one of those things that we don't talk about a lot, but all of us know what it feels like. 
And I think that by doing this episode, I really hope uh, that you will consider sharing it uh, with people that you love, um, even with people that you like, so that this becomes, we become more aware of it as a society so that together we can keep one another lifted uh, and hopefully help people stop feeling like frauds and to recognize and accept just how fabulous they are. So when we come back, we're going to talk about a way to remedy imposter syndrome, uh, which is also going to dovetail me being able to finally uh, release something to you all that I've been working on for a very long time and I am really excited about. But I think that it's going to help so many people uh, in their battle against imposter syndrome, in our battle against imposter syndrome. So this is episode 12 of the Pep Talk podcast. I am your host, Coach Jay. And we will be right back. And we're back. Episode 12 of the Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jay. And today we are digging into the topic of imposter syndrome, trying to help you go from feeling like a fraud to feeling fabulous. That's right. And so we've established that imposter syndrome is... uh, When you feel like a fake or a fraud, you're unable to fully celebrate your achievements because you don't feel like you've earned them. That's one way that it manifests. And so in this segment, we want to talk about uh, a big way to combat uh, imposter syndrome. And that way is to build lasting confidence. Y'all, one of the most effective ways is to identify and challenge your negative thoughts And in doing that, you are intentionally reframing your thoughts away from what you're not good at and beginning to focus on what you're good at. So, for example, I, for a long time, said writing a book was not a big deal, even though inside of me, I felt like it wasn't. And so I had to reframe my thinking that it wasn't a big deal to, whoa, this is really a big deal. This is worth posting about. This is worth celebrating. This is worth asking people to read. And as I did that more and more, a confidence built inside of me that, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm not the absolute best writer in the world. This is not the best book in the world, but it's the best book that I've put out so far because it's the first, but still. Um, And because I did the work for it, I deserve to celebrate myself. So you have to reframe that negative self-talk. And if you're feeling like a fraud, you have to remind yourself of your accomplishments and the hard work that you put in to achieve them. Try to focus on all of the positive aspects of your achievements and the skills that you possess. Another way to build lasting confidence is to focus on your strength. Instead of dwelling on your weaknesses, celebrate the things that you are strong in. Do you hear me? Identify what you're good at and find ways to showcase those skills. And I'm going to tell you, if you're advertising or putting it out on social media, y'all don't be ashamed to put it out there. Don't be like me and feel like folks are going to get sick and tired of seeing you post about your book or about your podcast or about your coaching service. If they get tired of what you're posting, that's not a you problem. Seriously. You have to celebrate yourself. You have to affirm yourself. You have to be positive about yourself and believe in yourself to the point that what you're doing 
you have to believe that it warrants exposure, right? Now, maybe you're that person out there who's listening to this, listening to me talk about confidence and you were like, yeah, but I don't know where to begin in building confidence. So (laughs) I am excited to announce to you all right now that my latest ebook, Soaring Confidence, is now available for purchase. Here's why I'm telling you about this book, and I'm so excited about it. Uh, I, I initially wrote it toward the end of last year, and I've been doing some you know, tinkering here and there, but I have it to a point now where I think it, it, it's ready. Uh, it's ready for you. And so why am I talking about confidence and why am I calling it soaring confidence? Because I've come up with four steps to developing the kind of confidence that I believe you really deserve to have. Um, And I mean, there is no harm in admitting that you don't have confidence, but there is so much to gain by building confidence that allows you to just accomplish all of the things that are out there in this world for you to accomplish. If everybody else is out there, you know, loving life and and, and loving themselves and accomplishing so much, don't you think you deserve to have that same kind of existence as well? And I mean, at some point in life, all of us have suffered with a lack of confidence and seeing how it cripples our lives and our relationships and our future prospects. But in my opinion, I really think that needs to stop right now. Like I said, you're not a fraud. You are fabulous. And just like there's a cost to having confidence, there's also a cost to not having it. And I would rather for you to pay the cost of having confidence, there being getting paid for your products and services, waking up and feeling, you know, like a million dollars, feeling like you deserve to be where you are, not feeling like a fraud, not feeling like a fake, not feeling like a failure. So many of us have gone so long and we have been robbed of confidence. I wrote this book with you in mind uh, and I would really love for you to grab it and let me know what you think. I'm going to include the link to purchasing the book in, uh, in the show notes, but just really, really quickly. Um, I want to tell you what the four steps, uh, to building confidence are as it relates to this book. Number one, you have to see yourself. Number two, you have to obliterate limiting beliefs. And I'll tell you how to do that. Number three, You have to be anchored in a strong sense of who you are and what you bring to the table. And then R, you have to refuse to allow your mind to work against you. So that's my four-step process. And I go much more into detail uh, in this ebook. It's 32 pages, y'all. And I think that it's some of the best work that I have put out to date. And I would just love, I would love, love, love for you to uh, click the link in the show notes, grab yourself a copy, uh, and begin to uh, immunize yourself against limiting beliefs. Immunize yourself against feeling like a fraud, like feeling like an imposter. It's okay to believe that you do good things and that you deserve to have good things in life. It's okay. It's not arrogance, right? It's not you being a jerk or a braggart. 
It's just you wanting to live your life in a positive way, accepting positivity about yourself while doing positive things. All right. So I want to offer up a bonus tip on how to deal with imposter syndrome. Okay. And that this one is going to feel a little contrary, but focus on somebody else. I've seen in my own life that when I'm dealing with something, if I can find a way to help somebody else with that very thing, then I also end up helping myself in the same way. And if we're here to serve humanity, and that's we're all here to serve humanity in one way or another, one of the ways that we can serve others is by stopping focusing on ourselves and focusing on how we can help other people. That is a surefire way of helping you get over your imposter syndrome. So build your confidence and focus on others. Oh, and also purchase my new ebook, Soaring Confidence. The link's in the bio. Uh, the link is in the show notes. So I want to go ahead and give you the quote of the day so that we can begin to wrap up this episode. And here it is. This is by one of my favorite writers, E.E. E. Cummings. And it says, once we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. That's good. I want to say it again. Once you believe in yourself, you can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human experience. Y'all, the human experience begins with finding confidence in who you are. And once you find that confidence imposter syndrome, limiting beliefs, negative self-talk. None of that has anything on you. I believe in you. You are not a fraud. You are fabulous. Even better, you are fantabulous. That's right. I said it. I believe in you. I want you to believe in you as well. And listen, thank you all so much for hanging out with me for episode 12, episode 12, y'all, of the Pep Talk podcast. Y'all, Keep rating, keep leaving those five-star ratings and keep leaving those top-notch reviews. And if you're listening and you haven't left a review yet, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? And if you've never shared an episode, I believe that this is going to be an episode that you definitely want to share with the people that you love and like and even sometimes love and sometimes like. Share it with your frenemies too because they need need the pep talk as well. Remember... You all are a part of the pep squad and our job is to spread the pep. Everybody needs pep. Everybody needs the encouragement. Y'all, I love you. Reach out to the podcast at the pep podcast at gmail.com or hit me up on my social at JB speaks on IG. I love y'all so much. Take care of yourselves. Keep spreading the pep and you know how we end it. Keep it love. Keep it light and keep it. I'll see you next week. Be blessed.